Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard Michael debate and deliberate the Mount Rushmore of many topics. This time they are taking on a contender, a pretender, a rocker or yacht rocker to the throne. That is Tim Granlund. How are you doing, Tim? Ahoy! I'm doing well. Ahoy. <laughs> right on. Uh, Tim, the topic was your suggestion, and we appreciate you uh, coming along to our to us in our time of need and suggesting such a great topic. And what, sir, is the topic that you suggested? My topic that I suggested is the, it's the Mount Rushmore of Yacht Rock. That's awesome. What, what inspired you uh, to suggest this? Um, a few cocktails on the 4th of July. <laughs> but, <laughs> that is, it is partly true, but uh, I had, you know, always been a fan of Yacht Rock, and, and 4th of July, I was having a couple of drinks, and we watched a, um, a live stream of a concert by a uh, Yacht Rock cover band, and um, was just, you know, loving it, and I realized, like, there's, you know, there's actually two or three different sort of Yacht Rock cover bands out there, and, and each band kind of has some different songs that they specialize in. And there's a few that you see always pop up, and just, you can just tell, like, when the room lights up, and I was like, man, there's definitely, like, some really, like, key songs to this genre. And I was like, man, that would actually make a really good uh, Mount Rushmore. So Ooh. I uh, immediately hit you guys up and said, I have this idea. We are glad you did. Is uh, anybody... Uh, would you mind chiming in and tell us what what do you think are qualifications for a song to be considered to be yacht rock, part of that genre? Uh, well, you know, I think there's a few elements to it. I think it's um, you know, it's like seventy late seventies through the eighties, kind of soft rock. Um, you know, it's definitely got like kind of a West Coast sound, they call it, you know, there's just something really easygoing about it. It's never too aggressive and fast, but it's never too slow and syrupy and ballady, or it rarely is. Mm -hmm. um, it's very slickly produced, you know, it just doesn't sound like, you know, little, you know, rough garage bands or guys that are just playing raw, intense music. It's, it's been, it's very thoughtful and considered uh, with very professional musicians who just are very polished. And so it sounds that way and you've got very clear vocals and you've got, you know, just quick little uh, hits of guitar solos. They aren't these long, uh, you know, endless things that go on. And, um, um, you know, there's a lot of key people that you see pop up on each other's music. So it's like, I think what the the uh, Yacht Rock show that I think kind of inspired this genre, it came along in the early 2000s uh, and was kind of looking back on this sort of era of music. And they kind of in, retroactively applied this term Yacht Rock to it. But I think one of the things the show was tapping into is this idea of this sort of network of musicians and singers and songwriters that were all just sort of working on each other's albums and each other's songs. And so you kind of had a lot of these similar sounds and voices that you were hearing. So it's certain personnel and producers and singers and writers that pop up on all these songs that kind of help categorize them as, as Yacht Rock because they kind of become part of this, they come out of this community of musicians. And then I think the most important thing is just that it's smooth. Well, right on. Let's, well, let's, uh, let's um, uh, weigh anchor. And let's uh, kind of steer our way out of the harbor. And uh, Captain Tim, you're going to give us the first uh, of your choice of, of four Mount Rushmore suggestions. What's your first? All right. Uh, my first choice is Toto, uh, their song Rosanna. 
Oh, wow. Cool. Yes. Yes. I think uh, they are one of the foundational uh, groups in this genre. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are definitely a few songs. I, I kind of went in circles deciding which one I think is, is, is the most emblematic and the most worthy of being on the Mount Rushmore. But um, this is the one I landed on. I think it's kind of got a little bit of everything that you want out of yeah. a rock song. And it's just, it's a straight up banger, man. It's just, uh-huh. it's fun. I think a lot of people like to think of Africa. That feels a little too gimmicky to me at times. This one feels a little bit more purely in the yacht rock. Bullseye. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think hold the line is a little too hard rocking to be yacht exactly. rock. Yes. Was Toto a one of those bands that was made up of? Uh, when you talk about one of the um, charming things about yacht rock is the cross pollinization between the um, yeah. musicians and producers. Was Toto that studio studio band that kind of became a real its own thing? Yes. I forget. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're definitely yeah one of those. I mean, I feel like actually uh, uh, the Eagles kind of were that way too. They were kind of like uh-huh. Luna Ronstadt's band, I think, and then they became band. But Toto, yeah, more simply, I don't think that I felt like they were attached to any one artist. They were just mm-hmm. all of these guys who could just show up, get the job done real fast, just you know, yeah. nail it the first once or twice, you know, through, and then they'd be mm-hmm. out. They were all business, just very uber proficient musicians. Yeah. Uh, is is this song really about Roseanne Arquette? I've heard tell that it was. I feel like they, they've always liked to keep up the mystery about whether it is or not. Uh-huh. I feel like okay. it has to be. I mean... Okay. <laughs> because I, then I've also I read that... I don't care. I'm going to pretend that it is no matter what it is. Pretend that it is. <laughs> that this is not the only hit song because supposedly Peter Gabriel wrote In Your Eyes also about Roseanne Arquette. Really? So, really? Yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Uh, they lived together for several years. Um, yeah, and but, well, this you know same thing says she's hit, uh, behind um, Rosanna. Uh, I think Linda McCartney or Linda Eastman was also the in- inspiration for not just one or two, but I think like three um, uh, hit songs. But yeah, that's a that's a cool way to come out. A smooth. There's, a, there's another Mount Rushmore right there. Uh, women who inspired songs. Oh, for sure. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Write that uh, down, Michael. Write that yeah. down. Yeah, I'll, I'll mark it. Black Betty uh, being one of the Ramalam. Uh, so, uh, guys, uh, Tim Granlund comes comes out smooth but forceful when it's, with his first choice. What do you got? Well, our first choice, or at least I guess I'll go first, which it seemed like the most obvious one, which is um, Sailing by Christopher Cross. Oh, wow. uh, you know, a You know, a love song to... Um, his boat and to a canvas um, sail and to, um, you know, just, just getting away, getting away from it all. And it feels like this is the song that if, if Nirvana had written a song that was literally called grunge and then you knew (laughs) why grunge rock was named after the entire genre, this, this feels like that. This is like, when people think of yacht rock, they think of li- the literal song about mm-hmm. being on a yacht and sailing, and it has to be this um, this real, you know, just dreamy, uh, you know, uh, song about about uh, about being on a yacht in some certain w- in in a lot of ways. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I think it's important, you know, you touched on it. It's about getting away. I feel like that's a lot of the songs, too. There's this sort of getting away, whether it's on vacation or escaping or running away from mistakes. But there's that's an, definitely an element of, of Yacht Rock, for sure. There seems to be, like, you know, Yacht Rock or, like, this kind of soft rock, you know, kind of early, mid-1970s to early 80s. It is so antithesis of, like... Um, importance or reaction to the world around you you kind of it's like it's music that you listen to when you don't when like you have nothing to protest or like you have no strife really like what is he getting away from? i i can't imagine what um he's getting away from he's just kind of michael his mutual there. funds his mutual funds took a real hit that week. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know what that does to a man it just doesn't feel like a response to anything that's happening in society. It's just literally, uh, you know, uh, soft and syrupy and, you know, uh, yeah. the quintessential song you'd hear on coast. If you're on the West coast, L- literal, L- another, you know, another thing that was uh, tied into um, yacht rock and this song stealing is coast FM is just all about uh, <laughs> just, take it, just taking it easy. <laughs> so, songs that aren't going to challenge you in the office. <laughs> All right, uh, Tim Granla, what's your second choice? Uh, my second choice was actually also Christopher Cross sailing. Oh wow! Uh, okay, there you go. He, he is right, so... emblematic. Like you said, it, it's literally in the in the title there, <laughs> sailing. But uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, uh, you know, it, I like that you talked about him having like. Uh, mutual funds or not having much strife because it's also interesting to me if you if you actually look at the the person christopher cross he's like the least cool like he's the last person you would look at and go oh that guy won a, a boatload of <laughs> no pun intended yeah a boatload of grammys and was like this huge musical sensation for like the early this entire period of the early 80s and was like one of the best-selling artists because he just literally just wore kind of like oversized polos and jeans and was kind of, you know, receding hairline and like, he just didn't look cool at all. But yeah, he's one of those guys that MTV was not kind to him. Like, uh, Hey, cut to the boats more is what the director of the uh, video for sailing (laughs) was saying. I think it video killed the radio star for him actually very specifically. Yes. Have you seen, have you seen recent pictures of him where he he looks like um, the perfect cross between um, the, the, the two guys from cross. yeah the perfect cross the Christopher cross between um, uh, Kyle Glass and um, Jack Black from oh wow Tenacity. I looking in that sense maybe I'm excited to look for throughout the rest of this uh, these choices any lyrics in a choice that have any kind of strife whatsoever this, anything other than white guy problems rich guy problems <laughs> that's what um and 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 what range of falsetto is michael mcdonald singing them that's what i'm curious about yeah uh, that's a, you know an important thing too that i thought about like when i was putting together my mount rushmore i wanted to make sure you know there were certain songs i had kind of multiple songs from one artist and i was like well technically i really like this song better than this other one, but I needed to represent kind of different artists who are these pillars of the yacht yeah. rock sort of genre. The Rushmore. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, for Christopher Cross, I kind of kept going back and forth. And one of the considerations, one of the other songs I was thinking about that didn't make the cut was Ride Like the Wind because of the Michael McDonald connection. 
Ah. So I'm glad you mentioned him. Okay. All right. Beautiful voices working together. And man, oh, man. Yeah. Doesn't get because in that song, he's got to make it to the border of Mexico. And that can't be a good situation for any, anybody. <laughs> Is he on his boat trying to make it to the border of Mexico? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Winfield and Manfredi. All right. So our second choice. There's a little bit of strife in this one uh, there, Jeff, for you. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Do you like pina coladas? <laughs> and or do you like getting drunk in the ring? Because if you do, boy, do I have a song for you. <laughs> I, am talk- I am talking about Escape, otherwise known as, in parentheses, the pina colada song. Oh, by, wonderful. By that Rupert is. Holmes. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic cheese ball song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's something that I think not a lot of Yacht Rock songs are, which is a story song. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, Yacht Rock songs tend to be a little bit more ephemeral with what their topics are about. Oh, they're about oh, very, not, that, not very linear. Big, yeah, there's, they're not telling you a story. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case with Escape. Because this is the story of someone whose uh, relationship with his woman's not going very well. So he puts out a ad in the local newspaper looking for someone who likes pina coladas and gets a response and shows up to the bar to meet the woman, and it turns out it's his woman. Uh, his lady. <laughs> what the twist? His old lady, he calls her. Yes, his old lady. <laughs> Thank you. And they realize that they have more in common than they thought, and everyone lives happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And I chose this song partially because Rupert Holmes, who uh, wrote and uh, sang the song, wound up becoming a multi-time Tony Award-winning Broadway songwriter and and uh, producer. Yeah. And nobody will ever remember him for that. Yeah. <laughs> when, when he dies, and I hope it's not for a long time, even though we do have a tendency to curse people on the show. Um, when, when, when it happens, you know that the first, he will be Rupert, the Pina Colada song. Yeah. Holmes. That's what oh, he's yeah. going to be. Absolutely. And, <laughs> it's going to be in parentheses on his tombstone. <laughs> yes. And I think that just, just just sort of goes to the power of this song, how kind of timeless it's become. Mm-hmm. And it's so damn catchy. It is an earworm. Whether or not oh, it's, yeah. whether or not it's good is kind of irrelevant. More than anything else, it's catchy. And that's mm-hmm. what it stands for. Have you heard Rupert Holmes on the Gilbert Gottfried podcast or there's another songwriting podcast in which the the tales behind the making of the song uh, that he shares are so fascinating because he claims that he was recording this much longer song and the drummer was drunk or hungover or on drugs or something. All of the above. And all of the above. And the drummer could, the only part of this longer song that they were able to record successfully was the dump, dum dum bump, but there was a part before, there was a part after, but it's the last day of the recording session. He's got only that bit to work with, so he just loops it, and that's the song. <laughs> and he also claims that he was so concerned. Oh, he also says the initial lyric was, if you like Humphrey Bogart, be- because... Yes. Yeah, he yeah. said he made this song up in like 20 minutes. Yeah, and that one... One of the reasons why the lyrics scan so poorly, I've got to meet you by tomorrow noon, 
Like, who sings? Nobody talks like that. Nobody sings like that. He claims that he, what we hear was the first time he sang it, and he was trying to test the premise, test the surprise. So he asked his guitar player to just kind of go along with it, and he wanted to see in real time, does this guy anticipate the ending of the lovers reuniting with their actual lovers? So that's why it was sung so poorly. <laughs> None of that seems real, but he claims it to be true. Yeah, I actually, so Richard, you mentioned that, you know, he went on to win several Tonys. The show he won them for was The Mystery of Edwin Drew. And we did it my senior year of high school and my senior year of college, just coincidentally. Wow. And it's an amazing accomplishment because, first of all, the show has like 256 different endings or something because the audience votes on the ending. They stop the show about three quarters of the way through and they go, and the audience votes on who they think the killer is, who they think the mysterious detective is, which two people are going to fall in love. And it's this whole crazy, you know, multiple permutations that can happen at the end. So it's a, that's already an incredible accomplishment on its own. But this guy wrote the book, he wrote the music, he wrote the lyrics all by himself and won Tonys for all three. Nobody ever does that. No. So wow. needless to say, we're doing the show uh, my senior year of college, and we actually have Rupert Holmes come to the University of Virginia, he comes, he sees the show, and he meets with all the drama students uh, during the day one time for like a, you know, sort of speaker series session. And so he had a piano and he played us the Pina Colada song and told us the story sort of in real time, right there intimately, just like 30 of us in him sitting on the stage playing that song. And uh, it was super cool. <laughs> God, That's what awesome. A what a day. That must have been so much fun. <laughs> it, it was. It was a lot of fun. It was... Uh, he's such a fascinating guy. He has a million other stories. Like he's like, he used to write all of Barbara Streisand songs. And so he's just one of those like polymaths that just has, mm -hmm. he can go on for hours with stories. Very cool guy. I definitely recommend looking up any interviews you can find with him. We'll see if we can get him on the podcast. The Mount Rushmore of him. <laughs> yeah. So dudes, uh, we are at our halftime and um, we have on our podcast, a living, breathing example of an individual who was a listener and then uh, gave us a great suggestion is now joining in. So you have the opportunity to do that as well. Go out onto Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what you think of the podcast. Let us know what you think a good suggestion would be for a future episode. You don't have to be a guest on it, but we'd love to hear from you. Then if you would, wouldn't mind, go back and uh, leave us a rating or review on past episodes download them listen to them um we subscribe please please subscribe we'd love for you to do that um and we are back from our halftime and tim grandland is not only a uh, performer because it sounds like he did uh, mr Edwin drew a few times in the venue or the milieu of musical theater but he is also a prolific air guitarist sir tell us about uh, your recent character uh, who you performed. Yeah, so I've been doing uh, competitive air guitar for over a decade now. Uh, but this year, obviously, due to the pandemic, uh, we could all of our uh, championships got canceled. Our, all of our regional competitions and our national championship and even the international, the world air guitar championships, all canceled. But the U.S. decided we were still going to uh, take advantage of this time to do something a little different. So they did an online edition of the U.S. Air Guitar Championships. And so we all had an opportunity to shoot our own air guitar video. Uh, 
Um, so instead of being confined to a stage at a particular club or venue, this was everybody kind of did it wherever and whenever they wanted to and uh, got to submit the video. So this was the year I was finally able to um, finally do something I'd been thinking about and kicking around, which was to do a, a Yacht Rock sort of performance. And I was always worried about, you know, how it would go over in a competition in a, you know, a real rock and roll club, like the, like the <laughs> or something. But I was like, well, now that I can do it anywhere, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to do this Yacht Rock performance on a yacht. So I, uh, I christened myself Yachtlix Houlihan in honor of former... <laughs> <laughs> In honor of former U.S. and world champion Hotlix Hulan, who named himself after the uh, character in MASH. Okay. Um, so I was Yachtlix Hulan, and I rented uh, a sailboat and uh, went out there with a friend and his camera. And we actually uh, shot a music video of me uh, performing air guitar to Toto's Rosanna. Oh, that's great. Boat at sea. That's great. <laughs> It was smooth, I'll tell you what. It was super smooth. <laughs> it's totally smooth. Is that something that lived and died with the competition or is available to a view by viewers if we were to link it to the show notes or anything like that? Yeah, you could actually uh, go to Twitch. Um, US Air Guitar has a Twitch channel, and we actually have our um, our the the championship, the online championship that we they produced a whole beautiful show all around it with commentators and a telestrator drawing diagrams over the video <laughs> we had judges via zoom um so that whole show is actually up and available on u.s air guitars twitch channel oh that sounds so I great i recommend everybody go check that out there's kind of a, a retrospective show there's you know all kinds of other content on there as well but yeah look up the twitch channel or just go to youtube and look up u.s air guitar and you'll find all kinds of fun and great videos from a lot of really talented people over the years well, that's fascinating. I would also want to ask, as we kind of segue into our third choice, uh, is guitar a key instrument, do you believe, in the yacht? It's obviously a, rock, a key instrument in rock, but a yacht rock not not necessarily features uh, guitar, so it's not used. It's used in a smooth way. Exactly. I think yeah. it is a key element, though, and I think, you know, one of the key people is Steve Lukather of, of Toto. He's the guitarist for them, and, you know, one of the things that he can often bring to a Yacht Rock song is just a quick and tasteful little solo. It is an indulgent, we're not talking, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page type yeah. of solo. It's just something quick and efficient and polished and smooth. He gets in, he gets the job done, and gets back out of the song again. So, yeah, oh, he awesome. can definitely uh, put some of the rock in Yacht Rock when needed. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, Tim, what is your third choice for the Mount Rushmore? My third choice is uh, the Doobie Brothers, led by the one and only Michael McDonald, one of the, the titans of the Yacht Rock world. And uh, it's the song, What a Fool Believes. Oh, awesome. Oh, uh, that is, by the way, also on our list. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> it's, it's a stone cold classic. I mean, it's smooth. It's got you know, it's got the keyboards. I think when you talk about key instruments like synthesizers, keyboards, that kind mm -hmm. of very sort of electronic sound, having that in there is really, really key. Like that's one of those things when I hear that, I really think about, you know, uh, Yacht Rock. And of course, uh, Voice of an Angel, Michael McDonald, just lending mm -hmm. uh, his, his pipes to this. Um, and it's got oh, yeah. a lot of that subject matter for Yacht Rock, talking about fools and, and, and whatnot. And yeah. To throw out here this is i think was a, a really huge oversight in your guys's previous mount rushmore of replacement singers how you get nobody mentioned michael mcdonald and the doobie brothers is oh i can't imagine not, not even a mention 
<laughs> I think I think I just automatically just assume Michael McDonald and the Doobie Brothers. They're so tightly connected. I forget that he was a replacement singer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and I feel like they became a completely different. I think sometimes you forget because they don't even sound like the same band. You, you, I think if you hear a pre and a post uh, song from the Doobie Brothers, you'd go, "That's the same group, really?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because this was not the same band that that had to lecture the Good Times kids about not scalping tickets. Different <laughs> band almost. Mm-hmm. So I chose. Uh, by the way, so we chose this one, and one of the reasons that I chose it was because this was you talk about a meeting of the titans. This was the first song that brought together Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins. Yes. Oh wow. So Michael McDonald was having had like the riff to this song and a, and a verse, but he was having trouble getting a chorus and the rest of it together. So his bass player just happened to say, "Oh, I, I know Kenny Loggins, and he's been he talked about he'd lo- love to work with you." So Kenny Loggins pulls up to Michael McDonald's house after they talk on the phone, and Michael McDonald is just playing the riff and trying to work it out. And Kenny Loggins hears it from outside. When he comes in, he's like, what's that riff? That's what we need to work on. And I think I have an idea for it. And it just went from there. It was like, this oh, song was cool. meant, this song was meant to be. And mm-hmm. it is, it is a jam. I know we talk, you know, you talk about Yacht Rock and sometimes the, there are things that make a song memorable other than the quality of the song. That's not the case here. This is a straight out fire song, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Agree, one hundred ten ten percent. I mean, I, and I love, uh, you know, it, you talk about how he just kind of he heard it outside, and he just coming by the house, heard it outside, and what's that riff? And then you know they just magically make a song, and it goes back to that thing. All these guys just kind of knew each other, and would just, and you know, were just kind of all collaborating, and that they could just crank out these incredible like all timer songs, just kind of. Eh, off the cuff, like it like didn't require years of laboring over these things. It wasn't this like creative masterwork that took their entire lives to make. It's just these things that they just, you know, just just yeah. real quick. It just you know these brilliant these guys were just so good that it, it they could just do it so easily. Now the Doobies, I think their earlier performances, like I think they performed for a lot of like biker rallies and <laughs> things like that. So I think they don't necessarily fit, fit within the um, the uh, wealthy country club um, vision of, of Yacht Rock. So that's kind of funny, the more rugged side. Do you do you imagine that the same lyrics, like I can imagine Kenny Loggins outside hearing, and thinking those were the actual lyrics, and then transcribing them phonetically to Michael McDonald. Is this the moment where we all do our, our Michael McDonald? I think so. <laughs> I have to confess, it was it was just a couple of weeks ago. I was doing dishes, and What a Fool Believes was on the radio, or somehow it was playing. And my wife asked me, what is this song about? And I got misty-eyed when I was describing it. It's about some guy, and some woman is leading him all. And literally, it's just like, it was like I was describing my romantic life or something like that. You know, he doesn't know that she really doesn't love him. <laughs> she's kind of using him, but he believes that she's in love with him. What a fool believes he sees. And, and she just went, oh, okay. Like, I got a little bit teary, teary-eyed over the kitchen sink there. Who didn't do their Michael McDonald? And, and not get a little misty, but also like 
not dance to it. It is kind of like you yeah. can't help but like you, you move when you hear it. It's just that mm-hmm. goes back to what Richard was saying, just straight up stone cold fire song. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a great groove. All right. Uh, so this would mean Richard and Michael are giving us their fourth. Is it? Is that right? Yeah, that's okay. it. Our fourth. Okay. Um, our fourth song uh, is the song Moonlight Feels Right by the band Starbuck, who's a little known band out of Atlanta, Georgia. And this song has a 35 second marimba solo in the middle of it. <laughs> and my God. Does this song need a 35-second marimba solo? <laughs> Every song needs a 35-second marimba solo. This song is uh, not very good, and I mostly chose it because it's it catches a lot of the same sort of themes of um, being out with someone you love in the moonlight, but also taking her by the ocean up by uh, Chesapeake Bay. So there's a lot of like ocean... Uh, uh, feelings towards the song um, and it's just I think what caught me are two things one kind of the overall um, uh, kind of tryst by the sea sort of aspect two the marimba solo and number three <laughs> the lead singer does this super super creepy laugh like three or four times throughout throughout the song it, he sings something and he's like, hey. it's just like, what is going on here? Uh, you, you have to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like this little in joke that I that uh, it's just so creepy and weird. And it, um, I don't know. It it really uh, it it really got to me, Jeff. When I sent you this song earlier, um, just to say, hey, I'm, we're going to talk about this this one song because I wasn't sure if, if you would know. Um, <laughs> you you wrote back to me. It's what White Boy Herpes sounded like in 1976, and I was like, "Man, you got this so on key." Uh, I was, I guess, um, old, I am old enough to have heard much of this music in its first iteration. I remember the Wimpy Rock Station in Kansas City played the Yacht Rock stuff. Uh, Q104 in Kansas City would play those songs. Um, but my mom also had all these records. She had all these things, and she was single at that time. Her father and I had split up. Her father and her had split up, and uh, she had. I remember she had a party, invited a bunch of friends over, and the theme was Shangri-La. You don't have to be a star to be in the show at Shangri-La, and I think that was like a Stephen Bishop. I forget what lyric that was, but it was. She had the record. She had a, like a. I guess then it was kind of a DJ playing all of these songs and and um, everybody had a mustache back then <laughs> even the women even the women um, uh, Timmy Granlund it's your time to shine because you are the last person to to share their last choice well uh, you know I feel like I've been going through my list I was kind of envisioning a literal like Mount Rushmore with just these faces carved into the stone and you know kind of on the left you've got a group of smaller faces making up Toto and then you've got Christopher Cross and then you've got Michael McDonald even though he was with the Doobie Brothers it's really all about Batman there and uh you know their faces are carved into the granite up there these these founding fathers of Yacht Rock And, and there's one more and we brought him up earlier and it's time to make sure he's up there as well and that's the one and only Kenny Loggins with his song Oh nice Heart to Heart which oh. 
coincidentally enough, as Richard had just mentioned on uh, What a Fool Believes, this has Michael McDonald as well, co-written. He played the piano. He does the background vocals on it. So this is another one of those just uh, songs that is the nexus of all things uh, Yacht Rock universe. Mm-hmm. I, I believe there was not a rock song in between 1977 and 1980 that Michael McDonald didn't do backing vocals on. <laughs> <laughs> if you get a chance, there's an SCTV skit that's Rick Moranis. Oh, as, so good. As, <laughs> or as Michael McDonald coming in to do a uh, the backing vocals for Ride Like the Wind. Mm-hmm. You guys, should, uh, uh, you guys, make sure if you have if you're listening and you haven't seen it yet, go see it. It's fantastic. It's a better music video for Ride Like the Wind than the actual music video for Ride Like yes. the Wind. Yes. Do you feel perhaps Michael McDonald was not, um, uh, we didn't uh, recognize him because he was a vocalist who partnered with so many different, it almost seemed like a gun for hire versus an actual band member. Because I, I, I would know of him also on um, uh, Steely Dan songs yeah. as well. So yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, That's I think that is an interesting thing about him is like, I don't feel like I think of him or I'll think of him a lot, but then you realize it wasn't really him. It was the Doobie Brothers or it was him with Kenny Loggins. It was him with, with you know, Christopher Cross. So it's like, all these mm-hmm. songs you think, oh, yeah, what do I know of that Donald on his own, just like solo? Yeah. Uh, but that, that's, that's not to take away from the great Kenny Loggins, who's had many acts in his career, I feel like. I oh, feel yeah. Like there's like that kind of, like folk artist Kenny Loggins, and then there's Yacht Rock Kenny Loggins, but then he kind of goes big time, becomes like the king of the the movie uh, soundtrack song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's kind of that third version of Kenny Loggins. Yeah, I but feel like this, he this was... is Loggins. I don't know this song from the name of it. I can't. I, I think we need to hear you sing some of it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I Jeff, could... Jeff, Jeff, there's a reason he does air guitar. Oh. <laughs> um, um, it starts out slow and she's kind of got uh-huh. this kind of low bass line and beat. It's just like, and it kind of draws you in. And Kenny's just singing softly. And then it just kind of hits you with this big, giant chorus. And then it goes back and kind of shifts into this slow gear again. And then a big chorus. And then the bridge, and this is key, you know, it's got a saxophone solo. And it's like sax is a very 80s instrument and a very yacht rock instrument uh, that I love to hear. So this has got a nice little uh, uh, sax solo in there. But then you're also hearing some good uh, keyboards again. And there's even some, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, conga drums in there. A little bit of that. You hear that a lot of times underneath in the percussion of uh, yacht rock songs. It gives it a little bit of an exotic feel. Uh this song is a is a is a straight up banger. I love it, I, Tim. I could have a show where you just describe songs because you you've just con mucho gusto. These descriptions <laughs> this is great. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I you do have to respect Loggins because, like um, the Loggins and Messina stuff was so folk influenced and did feel very much a product of kind of like the late '60s and the and the folk movement, and then. Yeah, getting into the yacht rock and then his ability to do these um, high kind of testosterone kind of blockbuster yeah. movies to know that. I went to the danger that, zone, you know? Yeah. How was that the same guy? Crazy. But I, that's the genius of, of Kenny Loggins. Mm-hmm. So Paul, he, he tells uh, 
stories of also being on tour with Fleetwood Mac um, during their kind of free fall um, uh, cocaine um, nightmare years. So all of them? All of the years of Fleetwood Mac, all of the years. Uh, okay, guys. So um, any parting uh, comments from Richard and Michael? No, I just think it's it's great that we were able, I think, to show the the wide range of yacht rock. You know that mm-hmm. it's more than just it, it is. It's all smooth, but there's different different ways that smooth can go. Yeah, you know, I saw Yachtly Crew in concert, and they did incorporate even a little bit of um, Graceland Paul Simon, you know, stuff in there too. So it felt like it was a the category was even more broad, and the audience was just kind of loving it. So seems like the category is a pretty broad category. Yeah, I guess that's what um, to too, because I feel like if they're the, the guy who did the Yacht Rock uh, show way back when and then who kind mm-hmm. of coined this term Yacht Rock, I feel like he's very dogmatic about what is or isn't officially yeah. Yacht Rock, and he has a whole rating scale and all of that. But I think, you know, especially with bands like Yachtly Crew and Harbor Party, I think you're seeing uh, people kind of open up uh, – the category a little more and i think there's also room to say well this isn't exactly yacht rock or maybe not official yacht rock but it's just a damn good song and it's kind of a, a cousin of yacht rock and when we're yeah. show, i want to hear that damn song even if it isn't uh full yacht rock yeah this is a white white man's overbite kind of dancing song and so this kind of <laughs> this will fit yeah winfield what were you gonna say oh i was just thinking of just uh you know the uh the like ironic enjoyment of yacht rock by people in their uh, 30s to early 40s now that didn't quite grow up, grow up with it or maybe had it on as uh, something that their parents listened to. And I think of um, just that moment in 40-year-old Virgin where they're just uh, uh, Paul Rudd is just rallying or railing against uh, Michael McDonald, the song that's been replaying over and over and over. And it oh, feels yeah. like uh, you know, we talked about how, like, you know, this is music that uh, can easily be played within a um, an office environment, but it cannot easily be played over and over in, like, you know, an electronic superstore environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I think so many people probably just were like, um, oh, these people making kind of making fun of this. And then I wonder how much that just kind of started seeping into um, pop culture a little bit. Mm hmm. Well, it's fun, it's infectious, and I raise a um, tequila sunrise or a pina colada or a, a, a at least a, um, some kind of boat drink to, to Tim <laughs> for, for suggesting this topic, and I appreciate you, you coming to us with it. And congratulations, Tim, because you just trounced these dudes. It is... I, I think you should throw a life preserver in to just at least pull them in out of the water. Um, but let me reiterate Tim's choices. Uh, Rosanna, Sailing, uh, What a Fool Believes, which the dudes also chose, so you guys get a point for that. And Heart and to po- Heart. And a point for oh, Sailing, too. Sailing. Oh, gosh. You guys, okay. Oh, okay. I guess it's 50-50. 50-50. So it's uh, better than I thought. Better than I thought. So, <laughs> uh, Tim, when is the next Air Guitar anything? Is it going to happen oh. soon? I so think this uh, Thursday. A lot of uh, TBD. I think there's going to okay. be content coming out on the U.S. Air Guitar Switch channel. They want to kind of keep following that. But I think as far as sort of live shows and, and another season of competitions, uh, 
hopefully next spring and summer. It's traditionally when they are, but we'll see how the uh, COVID situation pans out. Yeah. You can do what? But until then, we'll keep uh, practicing in our in our basements and our bedrooms, and then we'll be ready to take it back out on the stage when we're allowed to. Sweet. Awesome. Awesome. That, that's that's a good contactless thing because you're not even making contact with a guitar, really. There's no, there's no, uh, it's air everything. You, it's, it seems like six feet of distance would be easy for that that uh, art. But yeah, but when you're windmilling, uh, you're just sending all of the the, the, the germs oh and really <laughs> out into the audience. So it's uh, maybe not the best. What? Point taken. All right. Thank you very much, Tim, for being on the show. This has been the Mount Rushmore of Yacht Rock. I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael.